1: Canton, Ohio.
2: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast—the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. I'm your host Travis May, and you can find me on Twitter at ff underscore Travis M and Titan Travis on Clubhouse. If you're joining us for the first time, College to Canton is a show about the journey of the best football players and prospects from being a college football recruit to their actual college career, to the NFL draft, to their entire NFL career, and the discussion as to whether they should even be in consideration for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We always talk some fantasy football since this is a road biz Radio podcast, but we always make sure to dive into some real college football and NFL analysis, too. And uh, Stefan is actually out in the wild somewhere uh, where service is very spotty. Uh, so he's got the week off, but he'll be back very soon. And like I said before, we are going to go to a two-episode-a-week format here very soon, uh, kicking things off that way in August. So expect more content from the College of Kenton feed here very soon. But tonight, I have a very special guest coming on the show. You may recognize his name. Uh, if you follow him on Twitter or if you've listened to the show for very long, this is his third time coming on. But I am joined by a very good friend, Peter Howard, uh, at P.A. Howdy on Twitter. Uh, Dynasty League Football does work there. Dynasty Crossroads Podcast, you can find him on YouTube, uh, at Peter Howard or P.A. Howdy there. Or the link that is actually on his Twitter bio. And then you can also find his Patreon at patreon.com slash P.A. Howard, that's a lot of information, but welcome to the show, Peter. How you doing, man?
3: Hey, um, yeah, you can just find me on Twitter, like that's basically <laughs> it <laughs> at PA, PA Howdy. It's real yeah. easy to remember basically the, stuff, the name's so bad, no one else is claiming it, so I'm pretty much all on my own there. <laughs> you get close, you'll find me, so, <laughs> Perfect. And, yeah, and I just, I just uh, you know, because you're actually a good podcast, so you probably have listeners. Um, like, I literally just got in from work. That's the state of mind I'm in. I'm currently staring at seven spreadsheets, wondering why I had them open. And uh, happy to be talking to you again, Travis. Nice
2: <laughs> you to know, you. that sounds like my computer at all times. I think when I go to bed at yeah. night, I actually see the Excel spreadsheet lines. I have um, literally
3: had... Yeah, yeah, that's when I know I've gone too far. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I'm that's like, oh, I-, ooh, I need a break. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Absolutely. But that's, that's where... That's where the nerds live. That's where we live, everybody. So uh, we, we love our spreadsheets. We love our numbers. And that's why I love having Peter on, because uh, he, he digs into the numbers. He has a fantastic database when it comes to N- NFL prospects and college, college players and their production. And every year, or at least maybe a couple times a year, I like to have a conversation with somebody like Peter who... You know, I mean, you dive into the numbers deeper than most anybody when it comes to what actually leads to future NFL success for, uh, you know, wide receivers, tight ends, running backs, quarterbacks. And I know you and I probably spend, have spent the most time on wide receivers, but I think you and I both are at the same time trying to get better at other positions. And so uh, tonight on the show, we are going to get into the nitty gritty with some of the numbers, but then actually practically apply. These numbers not just talk about the the titles and the percentages and thresholds we look for but actually try to make some decisions between player a and player b and what that looks like in our uh, kind of prospecting process for nfl draft season and and even trying to project a player's uh, breakout in the nfl in first year and beyond so yeah we'll we'll get into that here soon but uh, peter I, i did want to kick things off with a pretty fun segment though because you and I, I mean, we've known each other for quite some time. But uh, we, I, if we're we in a bunch of different group chats together. And you have this uh, propensity uh, habit of uh, fat-thumbing <laughs> words and misspelling things. And then, uh, you know, John Bosch or somebody else would come in and translate. This is actually what he said.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, Zach Reed, uh, Dynasty Dummies, has got a literal meme of, you know, the... <laughs> P.A. Howdy to English translation book. So yeah, it's not a secret at this point. I'm not not a not a particularly strong speller, and I'm an even worse typer. So.
2: <laughs> well, I wanted to kick things off because I know you don't live in the college football space very much, and uh, this whole idea sparked from a conversation thanks very much in part to our buddy Ryan McDowell uh, that I think Ryan's most people... Ryan's always there to you know, make yes. sure people know it, I'm and, it's, yeah, it's, encourage i Encourage you and it. me and Uh, So wanted to kick off the show with a segment where we get you to spell different names of incoming true freshmen in college, because why not? Right. I mean, like, because these are players that in fact, you just I posted something about, you know, the average draft position of some of these true freshmen and. And you're like, yeah, th- these these names are all made up. I don't believe you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, like, these are not real people. Like, even before we clicked record, you're like, how many more years until these guys are real people? Is that, like, that's. Yeah, that's <laughs> uh,
3: yeah, it's part of a bit I used to have that no one ever picked up on, so I should really quit it. But it was the idea I pretended no one existed <laughs> until they were eligible. Like, okay. I didn't care until they they're were yeah. like, being drafted.
2: If they're not draft and, eligible, they don't count.
3: Yeah, pre- pretty much, because college football's uh, a myth. believe it or not mainly just to save myself like you said i spent way too much time on this already if i start digging into college like i might yeah like i like to sleep occasionally
2: oh yeah (laughs) yeah i I don't do that very much but college football i imagine no
3: man. you're in different sports at this point uh you've given sleep up i imagine
2: yep exactly and i'm gonna have uh my first kid later this year so i i just won't actually sleep anymore here very, very soon. So, this Quite is literally, <laughs> yes, but let's kick it off. So, I'm, I'm I guess I'm gonna call this the college football freshman spelling bee with uh Peter Howard. Um, so <laughs> we're just gonna go down the list of some of the I guess best bets of, of true freshmen to have an impact not only in college but to go on and be future pro uh, playmakers. All of these players. Uh, I've been the top 25 incoming freshmen off of the board in all of my college to Canton drafts uh, or Debbie drafts uh, this spring where we can roster college players on our team before they become real people. And uh, and so, yeah, uh, see what I did there? I just did your bit. But, I did.
4: Uh,
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm better than me. Yeah, I appreciate no.
2: it. <laughs> but All right, first question, first uh, word or first name here. And this is uh, somebody who... Is really by many people's consensus the number one uh, recruit and number one prospect uh, in the entire freshman class coming into college this year. So I want you to spell his, let's uh, really just, just the first name, because the last name you'd get right. So Trevion <laughs> Henderson. Trevion Henderson. Can you spell Trevion correctly?
3: I'm trying to find how I'd spell it on Twitter. Let's say Trebion. No, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm very phonetic. Okay. Like, uh, yeah. Uh, are you ready? I like. Yeah. I, I'm ready. I, I just want to say, more podcasts I go on should be all about how I'm terrible. Like I like no, this. I like no, this whole see, premise. It's, Let's it's bring T-R-E-B-I-O-N. Even... Howdy On, <laughs> embarrass him, his weakness. No, like, it's not like, it's about how you're terrible. You it's it's, it's it's just um, a fun game. <laughs> I spell it T R E B I O N. O N. Don't <laughs> by the way did you I'm hear that i'm not gonna get any of them right did you hear that
2: uh that that little sound drop i dropped in there
3: i did it was very professional yeah oh yeah was, absolutely uh, it so it a homer folks, simpson dough, if i
2: remember for like the three of you that probably don't follow peter on twitter already <laughs> uh he he's had uh some variation of homer simpson on his uh avi uh, or avatar right i mean for a while right I mean, yeah, long? I actually feel for pretty
3: naked right now. I've changed my avatar <laughs> for like... I change it for the Scott Fishbowl, at least to start with. Uh, about halfway through the year, I usually give up and go back just to my Homer Simpson uh, yeah. trying to do math on a chalkboard <laughs> gif. Um, but yeah. uh, Zach Reed, again from the Dynasty Dummies, it's like me and him love each other or something.
2: Yeah, He's something very like good
3: uh, at film. Don't tell him I said that. Yeah. He made me a Scott Fishbowl avatar because my... I applied to the the Avi makers, the Scott Fishball Avi makers, makers who have done wonders for the charity, and they're amazing people. But I hate them because one of them is my former co-host, and like I paid money, <laughs> yeah. right, like yeah. like hard earned money for an avatar. But Jake is one of the guys, and I think that's why I never get one. He's like, nah, he won't complain. It's Jake fine. Anderson, um, and uh, yeah, shout out, and and so Zach made me one, and it's awesome. So I put that one up there, and it's actually Bart Simpson, um like in the uh, affect of one of the Nirvana covers because that's exactly. the division I'm in. But exactly. sorry, I didn't mean to make that into a story. I know no. you're trying to get back onto making me... No,
2: that's okay. That's okay. But I, I had a special Homer Simpson soundboard here for you. So we'll have some drops when you uh, misspell or respectfully some names tonight. So that... You'll probably uh, only
3: need the one, but yeah, let's dough! go.
2: <laughs> that, uh, that dough was uh, for the misspelling of uh, Trevion Henderson. It's T-R-V... T R E V, rather. <coughs> See, I can't even get it. T-R-E-V-E-Y-O-N. Yeah, Travion. I was never gonna get that. Yeah. It's
3: a Ys. You know yeah, the Y. Yeah, I'm the, yeah. Sometimes I it guess does, yeah. and I throw one in there. Yeah. Like there's that backup running back I kind of liked from college um, behind Joe Mixon. And his name's Travion, right? And I don't know yeah, there's a Travion. Y in there, so I'll just um, I'll just throw it in randomly and hope to hit the right
2: spot. So Travion, <laughs> yeah, so Travion actually played for AM, but you know, Samajé Ryan was with, there with, with Mick, Mick. You know, same, I can't remember what class he was in. But Travion Williams, he was kind of a bust. But you actually still like him, don't you? Oh, wait, I, no, I do, now he's behind Joe Mixon. Now I understand what you're yeah, saying. Yes, I think bingles. he was drafted
3: behind him. But, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was thinking uh, college.
2: My brain's just, you know, backwards.
3: I think even you said he was drafted a little lower than you'd expect. Oh, yeah. I mean, running backs in production, because we're actually going to get into some yeah, of that will stuff you mentioned <laughs> we oh, it's weird. It and, is weird. And Travion Williams and those kind, um, are some of it, like, I, I mean, I know he, was, he looked to be a pretty good college back. He went behind Joe Mixon, who's been disappointing and injured. And uh, but yeah, sorry, didn't mean to get too far. No, But yeah,
2: Travion is now with the Bengals, of course, behind Joe Mixon. So Travion, Travion Henderson is running back for Ohio State. A lot of people think he's going to be uh, really the best back. Year one for them, and just is there really no B
3: in that name? Trevion,
2: Trevion, am I? Am I? Does it sound like a B? I don't know. It's it's my ear, which is very not skilled. I think (laughs) Uh, we're all learning that. That
3: means nothing. Yeah. No B. And apologies to all of the mothers (laughs) on this list, by the way. Like you name your children. Yeah. Very good names. It is entirely my fault. I just suck at this. Yeah. Um, it's a very good, strong-sounding name, but I hear a B.
2: Okay, this next one is going to be, I'm going to, this one should be way easier. Okay, so um, this is the QB1 coming into this class. A lot of people think he's going to be just the next best Oklahoma quarterback that just smashes automatically, but he hasn't even really done anything yet because he's a true freshman. Uh, Looked great in the spring game. Cool. But his name is Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams, quarterback of... Oklahoma. So I think you got this one. I believe. So it's I believe either a K in you. Or a C, right? I know, but it's you know, K don't K. overthink it. Don't overthink it.
3: Um, Trevor Lawrence, good or not? By the way, because since you're my college quarterback evaluator yes. guy,
2: Trevor Lawrence checks out as like, good. I think you're just no, stalling. no.
3: Like, how does Caleb stack up? Are you that confident? <laughs> no, I, I'm going uh, with K. By the way, I'm going K A L B E uh, B, because uh, I said.
2: No! <laughs> <laughs> no, I was hovering over uh, a, a yes, but uh, nope, it, it was actually with the You see, uh, hit rates are all about what you're
3: trying to hit, and I'm trying to hit over oh two failure rates, oh so two. personally, I you consider know, myself a winner
1: right
2: now. Yeah, actually, <laughs> you know, it, it, I think it can be harder sometimes to actually go over, so if you pull this off, I'll be super proud of you. I don't think you're going to get this one right either, so... okay. Emeka Ebuka. Emeka Ebuka. He is a wide receiver.
3: I'm going to start with an E. Should I just give up right now? Hey, you know what?
2: You got the first letter correct. Emeka Ebuka, and he plays for uh, Ohio State. He is one of the 5.7 million wide receivers that are like ridiculously high recruiting pedigree guys. Uh, he was the wide receiver one overall, according to the 24/7 Sports composite in this class. Probably doesn't make an impact year one because Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, you know Jackson Smith and Jigba, all there ahead of him. But he should be on the field some in year one.
3: I think Emeka seriously. Even though I don't know how to spell the name or anything else, it sounds like a name that's more familiar to me, and I think that's why I got the E right. Maybe okay. it's a little more European, Eurasian. Second letter. But Second so water. far, I'm just counting it as a win. We got the E right. We got the E right. After that, the downhill slope, um, E-M-I-C-A <laughs> is how I spelled it. i am literally got a notepad up. Like, I'm being honest. This is how I'd write it if I'd never seen it written.
1: Absolutely not. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, it is E-M-E-K-A. Uh, and the last name, I'm not even gonna make make that's you do that one. That's
3: not so bad. C instead of
1: K. You know? Yeah, that's not bad.
2: And then the last name, the last name actually has a silent G. It's E G B U K A. So no, I, I wasn't expecting you to get that. Oh, one. I wasn't even gonna try. Sorry. Oh, yeah. no, for three. Let's move along. Tyler Buckner. You might get this one. You know that I, you probably T Y L E R. Yeah, you got that first name. <laughs> last name.
4: You
2: win. know what? Yeah, we got to have some positivity in here. That's but- right. So, so you got Tyler right. <laughs> you were going to
3: get your money's worth out of that Sam. I, I, I guess. absolutely am. And, and, and the second name was Buckner. Buckner. And,
2: and I have posted about, about him on Twitter quite a bit because he is my favorite quarterback in this class. He put up oh, like really? 56 touchdowns uh, in a, a season and 1,600 rushing yards uh, in the same season. Uh, missed all last year because of California. Football being off and uh, he went uh, to Notre Dame in the spring. He could have played spring ball in California, but chose to get on campus early and absolutely looked I mean, he looked great this spring. Uh, I think he could get on the field and start by season's end. Some people are more skeptical. Uh, is that enough time for me start stalling uh, for you to spell Buckner correctly? And
3: well, it's enough time for me formulate an actual question, which is probably a negative EV at this point. But do you <laughs> look at touchdowns? Because obviously that's a fantastic stat line. But like, I'm no. so used to just that, looking no. over, like ignoring. But not for not quarterbacks, bunch. I have no idea. Right. <laughs> so I mean, does that matter?
2: Okay. Not a bunch. That's just the stat that I remember. <laughs> But That's he, he did enough. have, but the thing is, I mean, high school passing volume in terms of yards just means nothing because so many offenses, this, the scales of high school offenses are way more all over the place than even in college outside of like triple option based games. So the yardage doesn't mean a whole lot. He, his efficiency numbers were off the charts like 17, 18 yards per completion, you know?
3: Um, okay. That was enough time. Thanks to the vamp for me to type it and see what came out. And uh, yeah, I'm incredibly phonetic. Like okay. that's if you guess, if you want to guess, if there's go a freaking game out there, spell it out. Last it name, wrong. go phonetic. I wrote the words buck and then uh. <laughs> so B U
2: C K N E R. <laughs> it is B U yeah <laughs> B U C H N E R <laughs> Buckner. Sorry, O oh for oh. four. I, I, I'm not sure you're going to get one at this point. And you know what? You're going to get one. You're going to get one. But uh, halfway point right here Ajai Hall. Ajai Hall. Ajai Hall.
3: Jay Ajahi hopefully helps <laughs> me out here. Let's see. Ajahi Hall. Ajahi. Nope. No, that's not going to be right. <laughs> no, <Paul>. just <laughs> off the cuff.
2: First instinct.
3: Go. AJAHI.
2: Don't. It is A-G-I-Y-E, Ajayi Hall, or Ajayi Hall. He uh, All is, of
3: these, the whole family. <laughs> oh, <damn. laughs> he
2: looks really good. He had an incredible spring game for Alabama. He's one of their true freshmen coming in uh, among their, I guess, uh, quartet of, uh, like, top 70 overall wide receivers in this class, um, figures to be the... High impact guy in year one could be, you know, a true freshman breakout, which would be amazing for what we love to do. So, over 5, that's okay. Kamar Wheaton on the same team, Alabama. Uh, sixth out, out of 10 questions here. Kamar Wheaton. What position? He plays running back. He is actually the five star running back for Alabama, uh, entering a room that is absolutely stacked. And they, yes, are adding another five star, it seems, next year in Emmanuel Henderson already. Uh, So Alabama just keeps on bringing it in with Kamar Wheaton. Spell it. Go for it. K-A-M-A-R
3: is how I would spell Kamar because of Kamar Akers. Um, And Wheaton, again, is just that backup Dallas quarterback forever. So it's
2: W-H-E-A-T-O-N. You know what? You got the first name wrong, but you got the last name right. So so, uh, that's a half. I'm giving you a half. On that one so you got half out of six so far and i bet you you know what this is the one this next one is the one you're gonna get but it's these the by
3: the way again i'd like to emphasize these are yes. all great names Aren't my they? inability to spell them says only
2: things <laughs> strong <about me>. names <laughs> they, they, they sound like fantastic names <laughs> they're gonna be future nfl stars right all of them but I, I, yeah absolutely especially this next one because it's marvin harrison jr Oh, God, do you think I could get that right? I Wouldn't think that, you um, can get this one right. He's going to Ohio State. He is a you know top 100-ish recruit in this class. Ohio State brought in like four freshman wide receivers that were highly touted recruits. Uh, one name we've already mentioned, Emeka Abuka, is in that group. Marvin Harrison Jr. is probably going to have to wait to get on the field, but he was he was looking good in the spring, so he should work into rotation stuff this year and be one of the primary go-tos maybe next year. So... How do you spell Marvin Harrison Jr.? M-A-R-V-I-N. Yep. Space. Space. Oh, space. You got right. space. I'm pretty That's confident good.
3: on that one. Nailed it. H-A-R-R-I-S-O-N. Harrison. That's how I spell yeah. it. Yeah.
2: Nailed it. That's
3: what I get. I get one right and I get a yeah. You year. do. Okay. You got the yeah.
2: In fact, let's just give you another yeah.
0: yeah.
3: Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> yep, you got it. Uh, pardon me. It. There you Sorry go. You got um, it. You got it. All right. What's so that- the
3: equivalent of provincial in terms of the world? Because unless it sounds something vaguely like <laughs> <laughs> a name that would turn up in England or America, I've got well, not America, obviously, since he's in America. But yeah. Unless it sounds vaguely like a, a person I went to school with, I'm, I suck.
2: Then the next couple might be tough, but we'll we'll give it a whirl and see what happens, and yes, and sir. stick with the K and just give me a hint there. Stick with the K instead of the okay? <laughs> Okay, so Kamaro Edmonds is a freshman running back for North Carolina. I like him quite a bit, uh, but he did not come early for spring ball for North Carolina. And so uh, he may have gotten passed in terms of the pecking order by another uh, running back, a true freshman coming in, Caleb Hood, converted quarterback. Really big-bodied feature guy to pair with Ty Chandler, who uh, should be this year's version of Michael Carter in that offense. Michael Carter, of course, now with the Jets, who he became a real person this year. Um, you high on him? No, I'm not actually. Um, okay, I me did. Me I want to be, but it feels like, uh, yeah, carry <sighs> Yeah, no, no, I, I want to be too. I mean, I, I, I'm sure. I'm in, in fact. Let's pause because what is your take on Michael Carter? Because that he was like um, what the second mean, pick or something in I can the remember. fourth round. So I mean, super early in day three, but he still was technically a day three pick in a bad running back class. If I can
3: remember back to when I was doing rookie evaluation, essentially my take on Michael Carter is he might be underrated because he was part of a committee. Yeah. But you can't really fold a guy who was in a scheme or behind another player or with another player that also has a talent. In college, that seems to be something that can happen. Yeah. Um, and on his touches, he was good. He was incredibly good and had a significant enough receiving workload that we can hope he develops that or uses that in the NFL as well, which gives him a significant flaw. Since then, since everyone's forgotten the pain of Keyshawn Vaughn, um, everyone has elevated Trace <laughs> Sermon and Michael Carter into like the late first round. And I'm like, whoa, bro. Like, I don't know. I mean, all running backs have the chance to get um opportunity. And again, Michael Carter looked to be really good in his touches, but efficiency is hit and miss I have stats mm-hmm. I think obfuscate for that but I think what I can say about Michael Carter is in that situation he was really good yeah which means I hope he can translate that into the NFL but there you're looking at least three ifs before we get to the NFL Um, so I like him a lot but not where people are valuing him right now and that kind of sucks because it's yeah. not like I don't want him or don't like him even, especially in that situation, since the Jets are kind of a question mark, probably still a bad team, but they've upgraded a lot of.
2: Seems like there's,
3: yeah, they, and 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 players in this draft. I think. Yeah, they want to um, get younger.
2: Like they, they not in a to spot. mention
3: Corey Davis. I mean, if you got Corey <laughs> yeah. Davis, pretty much you said. You know yes, what I mean? Absolutely. And, um, yeah, the Titans to <laughs> that for
2: sure. But so
3: uh, so yeah, that's where I'm at. Okay, you, fair you, enough. Good of, you do good analysis now.
2: No, no, that was actually great. I mean, like coming out of UNC, he and Javante Williams were like the one-two punch there. Yes, uh, Javante mm-hmm. stole all, still like all the touchdowns, and so very similar efficiency numbers. Javante had more broken tackles per touch, and so on and so forth. Right, right. And he got the capital ahead of Carter, but. Uh, That offense still looks super healthy, which is why Kamaro Edmonds is interesting, because he's big bodied, he had a a decent receiving resume in in, in high school, has already proven it, has a decent uh, recruiting pedigree, Right, comes into a situation where he could immediately just smash, if given that Javante Williams role in year one. So that's why he's intriguing, and that's why I'm asking you to spell his name right now.
3: I'm going to spell it, uh, oh, you want me to spell Michael Carter?
2: No, I think you got that one. I see you're <laughs> I, trying I cheat, one. I you trying to cheat, though. You got that one, one.
4: but
3: Kamaro you're Edmonds. you Kamaro Edmonds, right? Yes. K A M A R O space E D M O N D S.
2: Now, question for he uses you:
3: Uses it in a sentence.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Country of origin. Uh, did you say one R or two R's in Kamaro? I use one R. Uh, one just R. To Hold myself to the, the truth tree. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, no, so close, dude. It was That's two hours. So that was so close. I'm I'm counting that uh, as a, that as closer, a half. I think That's that. another half. So you're up to two. It's like one half, a full one, and then another half. I'm just giving. It.
3: My Twitter feed would be ecstatic if i was only that far away on most words (laughs) one hour away they would be able to read it oh i know who that is
2: yeah yeah, i got totally tracking all right this is a funky spelling of this first name but what a quarterback name by the way the dude's name is jackson dart quarterback throws darts man like that's the best quarterback name jackson dart i I really hope he's
3: good (laughs) like he should be i'm rooting for him exactly
2: Uh, Yeah, he is uh, one of two stud true freshman quarterbacks coming in to, uh, uh, I guess, eventually replace Keaton Slovis out at USC. The other one is Miller Moss, uh, kind of uh, from a blue blood high school football program, Jackson Dart, kind of a a late bloomer and late riser in the process. But everyone is is now on Jackson Dart because of his uh, ridiculous 7v7 streak and uh, uh, just kind of rise through the ranks. But uh, he should be in the NFL draft discussion after really his sophomore year, because Keaton Slovis is probably going to keep the range this year. But he's going in pick 20 to 25 range in most of my drafts in terms of true freshmen only. But Jackson Dart, USC, go for it.
3: I know you thought this would be like a five-minute segment, and I've turned it into an entire podcast, and I no, apologize. this is but fantastic. But I do have a question about Javante Williams later, if you can remind me, because I'll forget. And also, <laughs> Jackson Dart. J A C K S O N space D A R T.
2: Don't oh, oh, see another one. It's J A X S O N. Yeah, why do they? I don't know why people do that, but they, they're just like, you know, I could take this name and I could spell it normally, or I could just mess it up. And <laughs> no, no,
3: it? honestly, I respect that because yeah? the X is an underused letter. It's a yeah, pretty cool letter, it's that's got true. a good sound, you don't see it a lot. Yeah. We don't have a lot of use for it outside yeah. of xylophone. Yeah, we should even, use it more often. I even Jackson that.
2: Jackson Smith and Jigba uses an X as well. So maybe that's just a thing now. But yeah, last spelling, and then we'll move on to some production metrics and uh, is, is basically how to apply that in our process with some of these uh, incoming, roo- uh, uh, rookies? incoming rookies. And, I'm rubbing uh, some, off on you, don't worry. Man. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and it's uh, some college happens. players. So this one, uh, think about how someone from Louisiana would spell this first name. And we'll see if you can actually get it correct. That's a big hint, but you don't watch college football. So, I don't know. man, but we'll, Do we'll, see. <laughs> we'll see. So, his name is Bo Collins. He's a wide receiver, true freshman at Clemson. And what's cool about him is he actually went to high school with DJ Uyanglale, And thank God I didn't make you spell that. But DJ Uyanglale, who is the quarterback now at Clemson, played high school ball and just absolutely targeted the heck out of Bo Collins at St. John Bosco out in California. Now they will be rejoined together. we will be fun to see if they actually uh, have, have that connection immediately, a la, you know, like JT Daniels and uh, Amon Ross St. Brown did uh, back with uh, USC and, and JT Daniels' first year there.
3: I spell it B-O-O. B-O-O? Oh. That's like Boo
2: Collins. <laughs>
3: I know, I know, but that's what came out. Okay, I'm just
2: okay. being honest. And okay, Collins, that's fair. That's
3: Absolutely not.
2: Okay, so it's B-E. Bo, is it
3: B-A-E?
2: It is B-E-A-U-X. Bo Collins. No, that's
3: a much more logical spelling. I just... That's okay.
2: And that ends the true freshman spelling B with Peter Howard. But that was a lot of fun. Thanks for <laughs> indulging me. That was fun. Uh, no, okay. Again, the segment, thanks to, brought to you by, Ryan McDowell. He, he had the uh, idea there uh, for this. So thank you there for that, Ryan. Really really appreciate the, the assist. But on to some production metrics yeah, because... Thanks, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> that one, buddy. Yes, Peter is incredibly grateful. And I hey. am you yeah. did get me on travis's podcast actually i do yeah that's true it's true so you got two two out of two out of ten a half another a full one and then another half what we'll call it two out of ten that's all good it's not bad i'm just glad you got marvin harrison jr that would have been bad but
3: that would have been pretty bad
2: yeah. <laughs> all right so production metrics though because you are the yes, king first. of this i mean i've talked with you about this stuff a lot Uh, no one is perfect in, in this area and in predicting the future. If we were, uh, we would probably be doing that, uh, full time for NFL and for an NFL team, but we're getting better. We're learning more together. You, you dive into these production metrics and what, uh, which ones mean the most I want to get into some discussion as to how you would apply that. But just to set things up for those that aren't familiar with your process and and kind of how you approach things with production metrics, I'm just going to give you the floor here to kind of set things up and how you build that into your rookie analysis.
3: What I've come to understand about production metrics is that productive players are more likely to be good in the NFL, but productive players don't necessarily turn out to be good in the NFL. Now, there is some variation in that, in that there are a lot of things that come into play that literally players have no effect around and that mostly affects well frankly running backs running backs don't no matter how good they are they can't work their way onto the field now i want to put an asterisk on that because we're talking about in the neutral normal case if you are saquon barkley who i honestly believe has talent just dripping off of his fingers, although someone on Twitter recently said he's physically talented, but he lacks some of the nuanced talent, I guess. It doesn't seem to matter. Or just go to whoever your default good running back is, Ladanian Tomlinson. Maybe that guy can work his way onto the field. Outside of that, I really think looking at the history of it, you have to admit a lot has to do with coaching preferences and decisions, and that leads to scheme and strength of schedule and positional roles. Running backs have less control over that. So if you are, for example, Danny Woodhead, constantly struggling to work your way up the depth chart, it may take you a while to find a team that happens into a situation where you can display, hey, I have been better than most players on most depth charts I have actually been on, and then they recognize it if you're lucky and yeah. um, arian foster got lucky uh, for me he's one of the most uh, talented running backs who ever played the position i didn't know i was going to go here i think it's pretty clear from my speech pattern i just kind of wing it but i really <laughs> love arian foster mostly because i love undrafted free agents yeah, but man. very fun. few have the opportunity to display that skill this is why i was such a big fan of james robinson uh, last year, and I can also throw out other numbers to justify how good he is. But you can also throw out numbers to compare him to Marlon Mack, as again someone did to me the other day, and it was highly insulting. As someone who's been a fan <laughs> of both players, yeah. obviously. But yeah. all this is to say, if you're very, 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 very good, you are still more limited than most other positions. I think in receiving positions tight end, a wide receiver, and even a quarterback, to some extent, although they are more limited than wide receiver, you can display enough ability that a coach or a scheme or a team or a situation has relatively little choice but to let you on the field because they need more wide receivers, they need more tight ends on the field at any one time. You only need one quarterback on the field at any one time, except for that one time they tried rotating them. Bad idea.
4: They they
2: still do that, by the way, um, in college, like where where all the fake people live. It's so obnoxious. Like, when when schemes and coaches... (laughs) Like, Arkansas State does this to this day. Like, willingly, they'll, they'll alternate drives. And it's the most obnoxious thing. There's no tactical advantage. There's no reason to do that. There's clearly a superior passer and rusher. And they just keep on trotting out this really inefficient passer. Along with this other guy named Lane Hatcher, who's actually good. By every matter number that matters. So, it's really frustrating. But you're absolutely right. And I actually found... Some of the same thing in terms of like what translates to actual future draft capital when looking at uh, college running backs and specifically transfer running backs that uh, struggle to, I guess, prove prove their worth enough to get on the field enough. Because there's like you said, only one that's going to be on the field at all times and even the ones that just hit recently, like Antonio Gibson. He, didn't ha- he never worked into a feature-back role. Mm. It's really hard because there's just not enough snaps to go around for transfer running backs to actually hit in the NFL. And, I mean, outside of Alvin Kamara and uh, Antonio Gibson, we really don't have any recent examples that were drafted since, like, 2010 outside of uh, maybe one other. But it's, so there's just—it's it, really infrequent. Like, even when they do get capital, like Keyshawn Vaughn, he was a trap. Uh, so it's just—it's mm-hmm. really hard to assess running back From a statistic standpoint, uh, because a lot of it is out of their control, and there's only ever one on the field, like, that is one of the more difficult positions to assess.
3: Splits suck. Also an underlining, like, if you're telling me a player is good because of three games, I'm just probably going to make fun of you. Because it could be true, (laughs) but there is no history to back you up, and I like being kind of a dick. (laughs) <laughs> and and i realize you're probably gonna have to bleep me because i'm after nah, work and like i'm just i'm fun but um it's not that i don't and the other thing is i want all of these players to go good go well i want them all to break out and they can't yeah. i want that out there because i spend most of my time pointing out players that shouldn't hit because i think it's a lot easier to point out players that were overdrafted or underproductive than it is to point to players that were productive that have fallen in the draft because it happens relatively rarely because the nfl's got a million multi-million dollar complex working on this problem with people a lot smarter than me so the stefan diggs the ty hilton's they are rarer brian edwards last year i like i still have hope but he honestly was he looked like he was underdrafted in a similar manner yeah. you're going to get more of those disappointments. It's a lot easier to point out players that are higher on because there is a lot of bias in in that opportunity metric. Like with running back. I mean, a coach can just not put you on the field at running back. At wide receiver, it's a lot more difficult. But they can draft you differently. And so you can overdraft a local on Treadmore. And I see you, Riley Reed. I know you're out there, and I know you have proof that he was good in college. Same with Henry Ruggs. I can, I can see why they were good in college, but I can – to also show you how they don't compare to past players that went on to be good in the NFL based on what they did in college with yeah. metrics, not metrics, stats, that are just for the situation they were playing in. They just look underproductive. And yeah. I've actually spent some time today thinking about this because I'm constantly rethinking it. You've <laughs> got to learn what words mean because I would get really frustrated by the word outlier. I oh, think yeah, yeah. there are relatively few outliers. Because, oh, definitely. I mean, the way... It, The way I was thinking about it today is an outlier is someone that doesn't fit a pattern, not someone that fits a pattern that you are not paying attention to. Mm -hmm. So the fact that smaller wide receivers break out less often and therefore are outliers, that's just you not doing your research. I'm sorry. I know there are a lot of statisticians out there. I literally got into a long conversation. I mean, he was immensely smarter than me. You're just looking at the one thing without looking at the thing that players actually have in common. I don't know how you can I can bend you around to thinking that way. Yeah, because you're smarter than me. And he definitely showed a trend. But players who are good in the NFL are productive in college. It's pretty yeah. much a hundred percent hit rate. That's no simple, matter that's what their size. Period. Now there like are simplest, lots that were productive terms. in college that didn't hit, <laughs> but those who are good in the NFL were good in college. Absolutely. To, to me, that's the pattern. So, outliers really only apply to wide receivers for two, like in the history. Uh, I can find three or four. That's Michael Thomas. To me, he's an outlier. He was not productive when adjusted for his situation in any way I can find, at least. Like, he was just not looking good. But he was drafted to Drew Brees in the first round. Even I selected him somewhere. I mean, who's going to say no to that? And Terry McLaurin from the same team. So, maybe we have a team problem in the yeah. recent era. So outliers to me are the ones that fit the most common pattern. And so there are outliers relatively being fewer the, wide receiver.
2: The non productive successful wide right. receivers, those are the and outliers.
3: See- and see, I don't count Tyreek Hill because he played utility player in college. Like, mm. saw your designations out there, Devi Man. Could you please call these, uh, yeah. and like, running back to wide receivers. Those are the only ones I recognize. Okay? And honestly, and, um,
2: like, he got kicked off a team and, like, it's just it's a weird situation. Off-field
3: problems. And he was drafted to a team that literally was running an open competition for who could be a wide receiver there. And, <laughs> and so they were invested yeah. in actually getting someone that was lower drafted opportunity if they could break out and teaching a player that really never played wide receiver before wide receiver and really giving him an open competition to work and it was a relatively rare occurrence and so i don't consider him an outlier because you can't like someone that has no data can't be an outlier he's just more of an anomaly and not that i don't want to look for that and the fact that he was an athletic freak and still is um, and also many other things that are much more negative specific to him but like i don't want to ignore that but i don't think he was good in the nfl because he was an athletic freak i think he found a situation where they would try to develop him which is really rare in the nfl the idea of yeah. teams going to develop a player yeah like they pretty do much, it well if they've got you in the <laughs> nfl they expect you to do your job it's all bill belichick all the way down yeah. and if you can't you can't anyway this has been a long underlying, no. but I think I've pretty much stipulated it. Why, You need to be productive everywhere, but with running back, I'm willing to make a few more exceptions. Yeah. Tight end, just forget it. Just go look for big <laughs> athletic freaks. like, And that's just because we have so few like serious hits, like George Kittle, like Rob Gronkowski and Jimmy Graham. Uh, like, there's just not enough to make a pattern out of. The pattern is they all look weird. So like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> no, about seriously, that.
2: that's accurate. If it though. was a
3: perfect profile, it would be track Kyle Pitts, and it would be a lot more in on that. If any of the Rob Gronkowski's and Jimmy Graham's had looked perfect, yeah. um, and at quarterback, I literally, I don't know. I've tried my heart out. I, seriously, I literally tag you every time someone asks me a quarterback <laughs> question. I'm like, sure. As far as I can tell, you have to be a wizard to figure this out. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You actually have to be magical or know how to use the force, yeah, to get the quarterbacks right every year. But seriously, though, it's, there it's tough.
3: Some actually, uh, this off season, sorry, Travis, I keep going on, but um, this off season, I actually found that in your last year at tight end, if you produce over expected in that situation for that conference, whatever, all the other caveats in yards per team attempt. That is a significant ranker and modifier of players who are drafted into the NFL. Like, I don't know if it's just noise because, again, there are so few players, right? I'm glad you bring that up though. Yards per team pass attempt. That was interesting. I mean, you
2: you and I have talked about yards per team pass attempt and a way to kind of talk about a player's ability. It it does a great job of measuring a a player's ability to carry some volume and then maintaining efficiency in that volume. And uh, yards per team pass attempt for wide receivers and tight ends. translates in terms of having some statistical you know statistical signal in projecting future nfl success and you don't have to dress it up you don't have to adjust it you don't have to make it pretty um it's already there by itself and it's, it's exactly what it sounds like it is receiving yards you know per team pass attempt It's exactly what it sounds like so it's super easy to measure too which is that's kind of
3: why i love it yeah it's simple you do not need to be behind pay and there's like just you mentioned, I've got a small Twitter following, and I grind this. But I'm really just a guy on Twitter. That's why I introduce myself, <laughs> and I love that metric because, like, you don't have to be. Rotoviz is am, amazing, by the way. I'm behind that paywall thanks to my very few Patreons, and I love those databases. Mine barely compare because they're so they have so much utility to them, um, and so much depth, and so many useful tools. Whereas mine's just a collection of stats. But when you're just a grinder like me, just someone playing fantasy football that doesn't have particular skill at any of this stuff, yards per team pass attempt attracts you because you just need team pass attempts and their yards. Yeah. And it's so simplistic and I kind of love the simple stuff.
2: Oh yeah, me too. And uh, and anything I can convert simply and then explain in a simple way to somebody else is just the best. Like, I mean, and that's why I think we all gravita- gravitate towards those metrics that are simple. And there's a lot of simple ones that apply to wide receivers and, and production more so than any other position. I think when it comes to actually having a, an easily measurable statistical impact on their future that we have come to predict and come, we've, we've got enough data on that. And, and I, I think with tight ends, you're onto something there with yards for team pass as well. Running backs, though, if there's a singular stat that you you want to look for for your guys, do you have one that you kind of attach yourself to or look for? Is it like running back dominator? Is it receiving yard market share? Is it breakaway percentage? Is it break, broken tackle percentage? Is it is there anything like that for running backs that you kind of gravitate towards?
3: Yeah, I actually uh, did a video for my YouTube channel, which you should all go check. No, um, I'm <laughs> not, I just can't do that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, like I get asked all the time, like, what's the thing I'm meant to be looking at? And the really the best way is to, one, listen to Travis, and two, just run your eyes over stats you think or you find common to other running backs. But if I am pushed outside of models and everything else, it is that last year, yards for Team attempt, rather than pass attempt, interestingly enough, at college, above or below conference. And I look at their last year specifically. And again, that's just because... Jimmy Graham, Rob Gronkowski, so many of them basically played one year that it, it prefers their last year. But you can look at their best year. I think that yards per team attempt, especially if you look at it within that conference, now I don't think it makes a big question. adjustment. R- is that rushing yards
2: considering rushing yards uh, or yards uh, from scrimmage?
3: Uh, good question. I look at all yards.
2: Okay, all sc- all that yards from statistic. scrimmage. Yeah, I, cool. like
3: I include that. And to be fair, Anthony Miko has constantly pushed the idea of adjusting the value of the receiving uh, yards. And I recently included that in the database. And it makes sense.
2: Yeah, like waiting more with the receiving yards than you do touchdowns. If you're looking at like uh, players dominator rating or something like that in terms of uh, your grade on a, on a wide receiver. Is that what you mean?
4: Yeah,
3: yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, with running backs, I look at their best year, and the easiest way to think about that is like if you're behind Saquon Barkley, it's okay to suck. Yeah, um, but yeah, I when mean he's you're not gonna gone, have crazy
2: stats because there's only one running back.
3: When he's gone and you have your year, that's the year you look at. So look at their best year and yards per team attempt. I do like to look at the conference thing, but you definitely don't have because that requires you know knowing the conference average. Sure. Um, but y- yards per team attempt in their best year. If I'm just gonna look at one thing. Sure.
2: Before we close the show out with uh, that that, uh, kind of exercise of application of some of these metrics that we've been outlining, uh, I do want to mention I've been looking more at peak quarterback production, too, because what we've seen over the years is actually some pretty high success from transfer quarterbacks, unlike running backs. And wide receivers are getting there. But we're seeing these one-year wonder quarterbacks or even guys that kind of take a while to break out because they set behind somebody else for two years. They get thrown into the fire in their first starting year, and then they blow up like Zach Wilson did last year. Or Mac right. Jones blows up after Tua Baloa goes pro. Um, Tua
3: is still good, by the way? Just checking.
2: I, I think so. I think he is. I Me think too. he'll still hit. Okay. Um, and so I look at peak production, and I, I, I look at peak – rushing yard production and mix that with a uh, kind of custom passing efficiency metric that I built, which is not easy to explain, sadly, but uh, essentially it adjusts for uh, certain schematic variables that boost efficiency uh, to try to find the truly efficient passers. And then mixing that with rushing yard market share, that, that's what i found to be the most sticky uh, in terms of predicting future draft capital, which... Especially in recent classes, draft capital is the highest indicator of future success for quarterbacks. You're not finding a ton of Tom Brady's in the later rounds, finding success in the future, well, in the NFL for that long. So if the you can predict capital,
3: indicator for sure.
2: yes, high ceiling indicator and su- sustained success. I mean, we, we have misses every single year, but uh, it, the, the mix of that custom pass, passing efficiency metric that I actually just wrote up on Roto is you can go find it. On road of his now, but it mixes in adjusted yards per attempt over expected, essentially, uh, given right. some schematic variables with rushing yard market share percentage of the, the team's rushing yards, and all you need to do to uh, have uh, a, a pretty good chance that early first round capital is be a 90th percentile passer in terms of efficiency and have at least five percent or more of your team's rushing yards in your peak. Season As a passer, if you check those two boxes, the hit rate is ridiculous. And the true like all pro difference makers in the modern NFL that kind of check the uh, 15% rushing yard market share mark and that 90th percentile passing efficiency it gets, gets you a list of guys like Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson it's really fun i am I'm, I'm hoping to continue to hone in on the the truth and and find some well, more consistency upon a, you know a larger sample but getting there with quarterback
3: that's interesting when josh herms deigned to look at um college statistics for a minute because it's really not something he delves into a lot that's um, mm-hmm. the air yards guy is probably how he's yes. known that's what he ended up focusing on at quarterback he was like you need to be accurate and yep. productive. And that's essentially his sepo metric. He, that's like specifically what he focused on, how accurate you are compared to your where you're playing, the conference level.
2: Yep. And and rather than me adjusting for conference level, I kind of do in, in, in a way uh, because I just understand that the G5 guys that do break this and don't actually always get the capital are generally smaller conference type of play. But the guys that uh, check the right boxes, uh, basically adjusting for scheme rather than competition level or exactly the depth of target, uh, but adjusting for things like play action percentage and things like that artificially boost efficiency. But before we dive into how to apply some of this nerdy nonsense, just a word from our sponsors.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
4: fantasy leagues in 2021
2: all right so we talked about some of, of uh, the most nerdy metrics that can mean something and predicting future nfl success we had the first annual uh true freshman spelling b with peter howard uh, we'll have to do <laughs> that again in the future but to round things out uh, down the stretch here let's talk some application let's look at player a and player B and compare and figure out who we would actually select as a prospect at the same position. So, some of these guys will be college, some of these guys will be rookies. Uh, but, kicking things off, player A here, uh, he is he actually is in college right now, he is returning and he has the best peak production profile among all wide receivers in college football. Uh, in my adjusted production index that I do for Rotoviz every year, he is uh, he comes in if he if. If he entered the NFL draft today, he would be a 78th percentile prospect. So even if he does nothing this year, he would already be looking pretty good. He has a peak 47% dominator rating, almost three yards per team pass attempt. uh, An average for drafted wide receivers is like two and a half or so. uh, And an above average touchdowns per team pass attempt mark as well. Uh, But the thing is with him, he kind of posted those crazy numbers later in his career, in year four out of high school. Had a red shirt early on. Uh, delayed his breakout and things like that. There's some context, but that's player A. Player B, uh, peak profile around the 63rd percentile, uh, coming in only around a 31% adjusted dominator. But his yards per team pass attempt was higher, uh, around 3.2, and slightly higher in the touchdown category as well. And he broke out as a sophomore rather than later on in his career. So which player would you prefer, Peter, if you were just using your process, player A or player B?
3: Um, when you say breakout year, are you talking about the 30% threshold?
2: Yes, sir. Bonus points if you can guess who these players are.
3: <laughs> Good question. I, I could search my database, <laughs> but I, I'm not going to. Yeah. Um, I just need a refresher because I'm, I'm very slow-minded, as you know. What did you say the team pass attempt was, player A and B?
2: Uh, 2.98 for player A and 3.21, actually, uh, for player B.
3: And the second one broke out a little later, right?
2: second one actually broke out a little bit earlier. I and, was, oh, okay.
3: Yep. I, I missed. Again, that's why I have to clarify. No, it's good. Um, yeah, I'm going to take the earlier breakout, even if he's slightly muted in the United team pass attempt. So Dude, that would
2: be player A, right? I'm glad you said that. Uh, so player B is Garrett Wilson, the one that you would said, and he did break out earlier. Uh, Garrett Wilson, o- Ohio State, looks to be perhaps the wide receiver one in next year's NFL draft. Player A looks great. Last year he did anyway. Jakari Rob- Roberson of Wake Forest, somebody who's probably going to have, you know, 150 plus targets this year because the only viable wide receiver next to him uh, is going to miss the entire season. So he could round out his production profile and have something crazy 80 or 90th percentile uh, peak profile. But it's, you know, it's going to come in his fifth season out of high school. And, and uh, he'll be yeah yes which basically (laughs) means nothing which you can dive into here in a second but he's going to be 24 uh week one of his NFL career that's another uh, knock on him but I'm glad you went with Garrett because breakout age is huge breaking out at a young age and registering high numbers in these metrics that we like to see that matters a ton but that year four and five numbers stuff just doesn't really mean much I mean if you measure it Over a large sample, like breaking out in your fourth year or fifth year in college doesn't really mean much, does it?
3: No, um, I would say you can make some adjustments to that. Like, uh, Kevin Ridley, for example. Kevin Ridley didn't play till late, and so it's hard to adjust. You don't know what he would have done in the most predictive, most useful years, but you can't exactly give him a negative grade for years he wasn't literally on the field so he started later but he also broke out as soon as he got onto the field this is a lot of people to ask me shouldn't you look at years played or years out of college and honestly the signal drops away if I do that but it is fair to look at a player and say Kevin Ridley didn't play earlier so I can't give him a negative but he did exceptionally well compared to that age limit Mm -hmm. when he was on the field this is what put Calvin Ridley as a wide receiver two in that class for me and DJ Moore as a wide receiver one. I both had, I had them in tier one. like They were both clearly good. Um, and honestly, long term, it looks like Calvin Ridley is the guy you wanted because DJ Moore has been exceptional in the NFL but failed to hit our production needs, top 12 in other words. Yeah. Whereas like uh, Calvin Ridley broke that last year. Yeah. Um, but both are clearly good. Um, so yeah, I, I think they actually juxtapose that um, dynamic really well. You want to do... You want a player who does well really young more than well really old. But at the same time, if a player doesn't play till older, it's fair to look at those seasons yeah. kind of in isolation.
2: Yeah, and, and and that and really that's what led you to, to select Garrett Wilson's profile because of the earlier breakout. And so that's the key. Yeah. That's how I would apply. Even if even though Jakari Roberson's peak is higher in terms of his dominator rating. And his Yaro's protein pass attempt was right right near it, even though they're similar in some ways there. The age was the difference maker. Onto, yeah, and,
3: and that's the thing. None of these rank well. If you saw yeah. any of these classes by any, of, like, you do not like the ranking. You don't want to draft them in that way. And so they're kind of <laughs> box-ticky or, if you're a nerd, threshold yeah, exactly.
2: stats. Exactly.
3: And, and you want it as young as possible.
2: Yep. So, well, we're, not, we're not looking to necessarily always rank with these analytics. We just want to see as many boxes checked as possible. Uh, But on to the next pairing here. So player A, three seasons of a running back dominator over 60%. Uh, He's above average in terms of his breakaway run percentage. Roto-Biz loves that. We outline that in our rookie guides every year. And then his final season receiving yard market share was actually near 15% as a running back. That's pretty good. Yes, it is. But his efficiency numbers dipped dramatically in his final season. Player B one of the youngest players in his entire class, uh, and he averaged nearly eight yards per touch in his final season, uh, and he also posted incredible yards after contact marks. So player A, player B.
3: Interesting. Um, the NFL adjusts for what they just saw in the way that we mean fantasy players doing it. Like, if you were good last year, I, the NFL will probably refuse to admit this, but I really do think it matters. But, Having said that, after three good years and then 2020, which everyone knows was a weird year (laughs) because we were all stuck in our houses, we were very aware of it, and being a bad year, they're probably going to give him allowance. I'm leaning player A because I think being that dominant from the moment you step on the field for multiple years is really going to attract that, right? I would say, though, that player B, though, in an ordinary year, it might I know it might elevate his draft capital more, but since it's twenty twenty, I, I think player A's probably got the edge there.
2: Nice. Well, you just selected Travis Etienne on your team over Javante Williams. Javante Williams, I mean, he smashed last year. He had a crazy finish to his career. Travis Etienne, I, I laugh when people talk about how how bad his year was. Like he he still had fifteen hundred yards from scrimmage, guys. <laughs>
4: So relative, <laughs> yes,
2: but I mean, but his efficiency did drop by like a yard and a half per touch, like overall, like it was not as efficient. But the quarterback wasn't. I mean, he had a quarterback change. The offensive line was objectively worse for Clemson last year than it was in previous years. So, you know, there were there were cons and then the whole pandemic thing. So there's some context, <laughs> the whole yeah, just that all that stuff. So uh, I'm glad you stuck with your guns with Travis Etienne with a more complete resume. I tend to do to do that, and I love. I really love, love, love his peak receiving yard market share, like accounting for 15% of the receiving yards for that offense on a really good offense that asked him to do everything. That was huge for me. And, and I'm, I'm still on the Travis Etienne long-term being running back one. If it, if it's not this year, I think long-term out of this class, Travis Etienne's that guy.
3: And And just to confirm, as a, you know purely to the bone james robinson truther like he just got replaced i don't care what the coach just said yeah i mean and i don't care how good he is and you cannot be higher on what he did last year than i am it's incredible i'm amazed he's my hero but and i really think it was a bad idea but the team went out and replaced him i mean that's what that's they just have what the power to do at running back and unless you can find a reason to think that travis Etienne is less than we think he is from college and again that last year is not a good proof of it no. then james robinson's adp is too high and travis mm-hmm.
2: Etienne's is too low absolutely so, so i'm taking that discount and i have taken that discount already this year a lot yeah way too much yep and so i hope i'm right <laughs> <laughs> but, but let's plus, see right uh, actually
3: yeah. tim turner on twitter the other day did give me a reason to maybe hold on to my james robinson love and that was just rashad penny who i got wrong for the exact same reasoning i just
2: yeah, rolled
3: out there but, but rashad penny, penny had a lot more reasons to doubt in the oh yeah PTN,
2: g5 and
3: i just clearly to my draft yeah. logic but uh and i shouldn't have like i like that idea that james robinson is chris carson but it just <laughs> the proof isn't in the it's yeah. not
2: there. Yeah, absolutely. I want it
3: to be true. Yeah, Be real clear. Would be fantastic. Not. The is probably good. <laughs> All
2: right. Next one. Got a couple quarterbacks here. Uh, using my adjusted yards per pass attempt over expected model. Both these guys actually had two seasons over the 90th percentile in terms of passing efficiency. Both of them, which is super rare. Like most, most even first round guys don't often get more than one season above the 90th percentile. Um, but they had drastically different rushing profiles. Uh, player A actually had his peak around 13% rushing yard market share. But his efficiency wasn't as great last fall. And again, not, not the perfect finish from an efficiency standpoint. Player B, his his rushing yards peaked just above zero. <laughs> but he finished incredibly <laughs> strong last year through the air. So player A, player B.
3: I have no idea, Travis. It's quarterback. I'm probably going to take the guy who rushes. That's, that's my difference maker there, if they're both accurate. And take the guy who can rush as well.
2: That is the correct answer every stinking time. Thank you very much for saying it. Justin Fields is the answer over one Mac Jones. And uh, I, I could have done the same thing, actually, just comparing him to Zach Wilson. But I yep. didn't want to start that fire again <laughs> uh, because I'm still in the Justin Fields over. Zach Wilson camp, uh, but uh, both Fields and Wilson eclipsed the 90th percentile passing efficiency and 5% rushing yard market share bare minimums to uh, be successful and fall into a, a good um, hit rate category for me, but uh, I'm glad you went with my dude.
3: That's weird, like I got to the same result that Justin Fields is a quarterback two in this class um, through entirely different means, where I literally. I think there's wizardry involved. I think you're secretly a wizard, Travis, and you don't want to tell us? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, About quarterback evaluation. Like, i that's not... How, like, I th- i seriously think you went to Hogwarts. Like, I'm considering whether that was... Cousins with Harry,
2: actually.
4: Yeah. And you're, in
3: fact, you know, who's that incredibly all-American-looking dude? <laughs> I forget the guy in which book it was, in The Goblet of Fire. Anyway, he dies at the end. That couldn't have been you. Okay. Anyway. Um <laughs> What was I going to say? No, okay. it's just that... Justin Fields was the guy through every quarterback evaluator I know, college watcher I know, and every watcher I know, until the draft. And then suddenly there was someone better. After football had finished playing, it just feels to me like we don't want to be wrong and we bet on things that seem hot a lot. And that's the only reason that Fields dropped. And to me, again, I just play the market. I have no idea how good these guys are. Like, completely not. But I do know that everyone was set on Justin Fields until it came to take season. Like that's the reason. Like, <laughs> yeah. wouldn't it be cool if yeah, I got this right? Pretty much, yeah. And uh, that seems weird.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I'm, I'm right there with you. But uh, we actually had a, a question in a five star review uh, that was left from a guy named Skin Man nineteen seventy four. Uh, thank you very much for the five-star review. He said, Travis is my go-to for anything college football. Appreciate that. And he said, my question is, besides the big three quarterbacks, DJ Uyungle, yeah, DJ Uy- I can't even say it. DJ Uyungle, uh Spencer Rattler, and Sam Howell, who are the next tier of quarterbacks I need to have on my radar? Uh, And this next face-off will help answer that question. So I I appreciate that question. So it's between two guys that are kind of below the radar, but could be big names in next year's 2022 NFL Draft, rising up draft boards currently. So you may know these names already, Peter. But player A, 72nd percentile and adjusted yards over expected. And his peak rushing yard market share is 37%. That's like Lamar kind of crazy numbers. Uh, But... He doesn't play in a Power 5 conference and only has one year on his resume currently. Now, 72nd percentile for him, passing efficiency, but great, great rushing yards there. And player B, on the contrary, 94th percentile in adjusted yards, over-expected. Uh, But his peak peak rushing yard market share is seriously negative (laughs) 8%. Okay.
3: (laughs) He 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 took back runs. So in college, <laughs> for me? those
2: that get confused with that, in college they actually count count your sack yardage against you. So you I know guess. that, but not everybody listening knows that. So this guy is not very mobile.
3: Also, five star review guy. There's nothing that says I'm sharper than realizing that Travis is who you listen to for college. That like yeah, top of my list, dude. Good good decision. <laughs> um. I'm actually going for the negative 0.8% Russia here, so <laughs> reverting my decision from the last one. NFL values at power five. It values conference rates. um, And again, where you're not showing a huge differential uh, in terms of
2: or a huge Forgot to mention, he's also not power, power five, though. Neither of these guys are power five.
3: Oh, well, you just took away my entire Sorry, cake. You suck.
2: No, that's okay. Neither are power it? five. Does that change it?
3: It does, because now I have no decision-maker. What What did you say about their passing? 72nd the
2: percentile rushing? passing, player A, but 37% rushing guard market share. Gotcha. Uh, player B is 94th percentile efficiency in passing, negative 8% in rushing.
3: You just take the rushing or you take the accuracy? Um, I'm going to take the accuracy, because while rushing is the Konami code, to use Rich Harbaugh's term... Um if you're not accurate, you're just not good. Like, you have to be able to run the field. This is a misunderstanding about Lamar Jackson. I get that he doesn't pass much. But when he does, he's decent with it. I'm not even going to go as far. You can look at his passing through some uh, statistics or metrics or just watch and see that he's literally a devastating passer. I'm not yeah. even going to go all that far. He was just good. He is league average or better. He has cross the Andy Dalton line in ability to pass. You have to to sustain your job in the NFL, even if you rush like Lamar Jackson. This is the jump that um, Josh Allen made that I didn't ever think he would make because it's not because I don't like Josh Allen. He seems to be an amazing human being, honestly, having the ride of his life and displaying it. He seems awesome. But there's literally Josh Allen on the list of players who elevate accuracy. That's yeah. it. Um, and so I'm, you have to be accurate and then you default to rushing yards or the that upside of Konami code So what was that player B?
2: Yeah, you went with player B who was the more efficient passer but an absolute negative in the run game and that's and player A is Malik Willis of Liberty. He absolutely balled out last year Okay, uh, took Liberty to its highest heights perhaps ever uh, from a football standpoint uh, And really should smash this year. His schedule is super easy again he is the 1.01 consensus first overall pick in all college fantasy football drafts this year Wow. because he's going to probably put up 1,000 yards on the ground uh, easily and then uh, probably you know just even post better efficiency numbers, maybe slightly, just because of the scheduling this year. So he's in line to get up to where he needs to be, but he's not there yet. But for me, right. I have him over player B, who is Carson Strong uh, of Nevada. Because uh, I believe the rushing is way more important uh, in today's NFL, and not being an absolute liability in that category, which Carson Strong absolutely is—he's mm-hmm. a major liability. And so I think if Malik Willis does take one or two steps up and gets up to you know eighty-something-ish percentile this year in terms of passing efficiency, and has the absurd rushing, um, and he has a cannon just from a film standpoint, he's got the the measurables with his arm strength and all that. Uh, he doesn't have the prototypical size. Uh, he's more like six one. Um, imagine like a super crazy mobile like Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, something like that. But uh, Malik Willis uh, is just crazy mobile, crazy accurate. Has the cannon, but uh, you know, makes bad decisions sometimes. And obviously, it, it, when you adjust for a scheme, um, he, he's not there yet. So. If you look at it. I think,
3: just to interrupt, sorry, that's again the value of you watching these guys as they progress. Because I'm thinking of the story has already been written, where it's much more likely that a decent passer improves slightly, just decently. Than a Russia who's so negative, like so bad, like that's that's a harder jump to make. That's an interesting way of looking at it.
2: Like, yeah, because I don't think Carson Strong's all of a sudden just going to be like, hey, I'm mobile now. like, <laughs> Or at least not negative. <laughs> no, yeah. And I think he's going to have a larger sample of schedule this year. He had a shorter, okay. shortened schedule last year in a Mountain West. Um, I think he has a little bit of time to kind of expose himself uh, this year. I- The Madden
3: West is a rough conference to prospect in. It really is. A lot of undrafted
4: free agents. It really is. It's
2: tough. So, I mean, he's no Josh Allen. The thing is, Josh Allen didn't have the efficiency as, you know, as a passer. But he had actually like 18% or so, like rushing yard market share. Like he was a huge threat in that regard.
1: That's a weird
3: thing. Sorry, I... I really don't mean to interrupt you. No, you're good. Like everyone remembers Josh Allen as this rushing quarterback, and that's one of the reasons I didn't go in as a rookie. I was like, he's inefficient, and he doesn't rush much. And then after yeah. year one, everyone was like, oh, he's Cam Newton. Like, what the hell?
2: Yeah. What happened but there? He actually, Does no one remember? <laughs> seriously, he was 18% of the rushing yards for for Wyoming. Uh, so he actually was quite quite the rusher in, in terms of his uh, peak years there. Um, but his passing efficiency, like he and Daniel Jones, like, man, they're some of the worst – First round picks ever in terms of passing numbers. Like any way you slice it, you can like if, if you squint like in, in a billion different angles. He he was a terrible passer in college, uh, but he's one that that anomaly. Maybe not an outlier, but an, an anomaly <laughs> that uh, that did actually uh, you know improve in that way. And he did oh, improve right. in his decision making. So, but uh, he's the exception to the rule. And uh, I mentioned this on, a, on another podcast. But the NFL is just done they're done drafting negative guys at uh in terms of rushing yard uh in pro- production like the only of the 19 quarterbacks selected in the past 5 drafts in the first round the only passer that had negative rushing yards in his profile in his peak passing season uh that was Josh Rosen um and uh that didn't uh that didn't go very well that was uh, so, interesting one, right yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> um I would say just for any of the haters out there, because I, I I'm a confirmed past Josh Allen hater, like um, it does matter to some extent that Josh Allen has never thrown to a receiver who isn't above average. Uh, John Brown, Cole Beasley, Stephon Diggs, like all of these guys are exceptional. But as a true one, I'm like a wide receiver truther. I do not think quarterbacks can make wide receivers good. I think wide receivers can help quarterbacks. But even with all that thrown in, like. I just, I could not have been happier to be owned by Josh Allen. Who was I talking to today? I was talking to someone (laughs) today, like, you're just a hater of that player. You just don't want him to succeed. And I had to point out, like, I know it's counterintuitive, but I'm just a fan. Yeah. (laughs) And so when a player truly, like Josh Allen, truly beats expectation, you'll find no happier person than me because. I mean, I don't know these people, so I like to pretend they're all the movie versions of these people. <laughs> they're like the, like they're just the underdog coming from nowhere. Yes. Everyone hates, including me, and then they get to stuff it down my throat. Wait, that's wait, pretty wait, much wait. exactly stuff it in my face. That's probably more PG. <laughs> yeah. um, that's pretty much the God, exact Josh, Josh Allen like, story, though. He deserves to like just be doing victory laps because yeah. he was so unexpected for me, and we were so hateful. And yet he is still just this uh, lovable, I'm happy to be here guy. I, I mean, he's amazing. Yeah. Uh, at this point, he's just amazing.
2: Absolutely. Well, dude, dude, Peter, appreciate you coming on the show. I think we've covered enough. I was going to get into a couple other examples, but uh, I think we already kind of hit on a lot of different angles on how to apply these numbers. Um, at yeah, all I positions. think it took
3: up way too much of your time. No, this is this is
2: perfect. <laughs> this is great. I, I, I'm sure the listeners enjoyed all the different angles that we kind of covered the production profiles and, and uh, I hope they enjoy the spelling bee as well. But, uh, uh <laughs> yeah, listeners, you can find uh Peter's work again, mainly, I guess, just, just check him out on Twitter because he's got like yeah. all his stuff there. Like you can find it. If his you're Patreon interested
3: in any of the other stuff there, there YouTube. Links in my bio and stuff, but all that. Twitter is free. I'm happy to talk to anyone about football and I hope you're having a good day.
2: Absolutely. P a P a howdy on Twitter that is peter howard one of my favorite people to talk to talk uh, nerdy numbers with as well but listeners uh be looking forward to more episodes here from me and from stefan as we kind of split off do long form and short form episodes we'll have some crossovers as well some special guests on this fall i will be diving to a bunch of college a bunch of nfl all season long uh but please do leave a rate and review it's been great to see uh, the positive feedback uh in the reviews and uh, just via direct message and just really i feel like i've been growing in relationship with some of the listeners this year and it's been really cool and impactful for me um just personally so i i just thank you so much for that but uh listeners uh look forward to many more episodes here but until next time, you guys uh, take care, and uh, we cannot believe college football and NFL is, is seriously like a month, month away. But uh, I'm excited to just hit the ground running. But uh, you guys take care, and look forward to many more episodes of the College to Kenton podcast. It's
1: happening daily. MyPatriotSupply.com